Welcome inside the Celtics Life Podcast. I'm Justin Quinn, here with Luis Gonzalez. And for the next several podcasts, and hopefully more, we're switching things up a bit for a playoff-friendly format. We'll cover the week's big events and then dive right into the playoff picture, since we know that's the main thing on all of our minds. Hey, Luis. Hey, how's it going? I didn't realize it was playoff time. (laughs) (laughs) Nice try. (laughs) Yeah, I think everybody, especially this year, uh, should be pretty excited for the playoffs. Don't listen to all the detractors saying that the Celtics, you know, kind of eased into this number one seed because Cleveland rested, blah, blah, blah. They don't really care about the one seed. They they do pretty well as a two seed, whatever, whatever. The Celtics are, are, do, are doing their thing right now, and let's just be happy that they're there. I don't know how we even have time to do this podcast, considering how busy we are watching Danny's feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you see that headline? Yeah. Over a bloggable? Yeah. <laughs> God bless their hearts. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> so before we get into all that stuff, let's just get the the, the, the big storyline stuff out of the way. Not too much to talk about, considering what time of year it is, but um, Chris stopped, skipped his exit interview. What do you think about that? You know, it, it upsets me that we're still talking about the New York Knicks. I mean, <laughs> they, I mean it, it's, they've been irrelevant in their play this season, but they just can't seem to escape these headlines with all the drama going on, mainly with Mello and Phil Jackson. But I'm, I'm honestly kind of, kind of sick of all of this. Uh, Chris Stapps has been pretty, you know, pretty, pretty good this year. Great player. Kept his mouth yeah. shut, stayed out of stuff. Yeah, he, he's, he's definitely, a, a has a good head on his shoulders. Uh, but, professional. Yeah. Him deciding to skip out on this exit interview or exit it's a uh, meeting. Uh, it's putting some, putting some. In my opinion, it's putting some pressure on the management to like figure it out now. Yeah, before he becomes like very disgruntled and like demands a trade. Although I don't think that's in his character. I don't either. But I mean, like from what I've been seeing and what he, what he has to look forward to based on how they're treating Carmelo, I wouldn't be surprised if a year down the road, at the end of next season, if things haven't really changed at all, I, I actually could see him demanding a trade yeah. just because. Who, who deserves that? Nobody. No, definitely not. But, well, speaking of Mello, um, he's reportedly considering waiving his no-trade clause. I don't care. I don't either, because <laughs> I don't want him. I don't think Danny Ainge wants him. I don't think the fan base wants no. him. I, I've changed my opinion of Carmelo Anthony as a person in recent years because of his social activism. But, I mean, he's not on the back nine. He's on the last hole. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a great – it seems like he's a great person. But, like, I think the whole New York Knicks saga has, like, really diminished uh, his his value uh, to a lot of people. Which which sucks, because, you know, th- this, guy's, this guy's an all-star. But he... He could still contribute in the right situation, oh, too. He's just not on our team. Yeah, definitely not. I don't, I don't want that headache. Although I don't think he would be a headache on the team, but I'm worried about what it would take to acquire him. Like, if it was, like, a second... If we were giving up a second-round pick... And like that's it. Obviously, that that would never happen, and I don't think it's possible. <laughs> but like, if we were giving up a second round pick for Melo, like I, I, you know, of course, I'm all for it because I don't think that the New York drama would translate over into the Boston market. But I don't think so either. I think at this point, he's he'd be content to in a good organization to just like keep his mouth shut, come out and score when asked to, and that's about it. Yeah, uh, Isaiah Thomas thinking that he should be third in MVP voting. See, look, I love Isaiah Thomas. I, I, I can assume that most people that are Boston Celtics fans do love Isaiah Thomas as well. 
this not all of them well, yeah, yeah i'm sure there's some i don't there want to is the, there is the trade it uh contingent they're still out yeah. there they're they're hanging out with the al horford is overpaid uh yep. group. but anyway uh I, I, <laughs> I, I think he's selling himself a little too high i love the confidence obviously we, we all know that isaiah thomas is a very 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 confident basketball player but third maybe not i see him maybe fourth fifth i just don't think it's fourth or fifth. green green tinted glasses for me he's fourth take him off he's fifth yeah. i don't see i don't see how you can crack the top 4 when you are not even in the the top 80% of defenders in the league i think he's got to cross that threshold before he's going to be taken seriously as an mvp candidate and i think he could do it i don't think it's impossible contrary to what a lot of people think because of his size it's just so far he's been focusing on offense and i kind of feel like Apart from being on a trash team, he's basically gotten as far, and I would love to eat these words, as he's going to ever get offensively. So I kind of feel like he needs to, if he really wants to expand his game next season and possibly in the playoffs, start working on defense. The other thing that we have to remember is that Isaiah Thomas hasn't been a starter for that long. Uh, so I think that there are still some people that are living under a rock that see him better suited as a six man coming off the bench, which obviously hasn't been the case in about two, two years, but having been a starter for only two, two years, I think he had a sh- short stint as a starter in Sacramento, if I'm not mistaken. What does that say really though? Yeah, exactly. But for the, for the majority of his career, he was, you know, coming off of the bench. So we'll see. I, I think you're right. I think it is possible that he can sort of elevate his play to MVP status, not to say that he didn't play like that this season, but I think the competition is so stacked against him. I mean, so many players had such a great season uh, that I just third, third seems like a total long shot, but to be in the conversation period is quite an achievement. And I don't think that's something that, that shouldn't, that, that should go unnoticed. The fact that people are even saying Isaiah Thomas and MVP of the NBA in the same sentence. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's let's uh, dive into the playoff stuff. Uh, starting with injuries around around the uh, the playoff teams. It really sucks that injuries exist. Like I wish our bodies just didn't didn't have to go through these things, especially NBA players. Like you have these great players, and then one turn of the of the of the ankle, and then they're out for six weeks. Six weeks, four weeks, something like yeah, that. Yeah, and then what could have been. An MVP season turns into an MVP or uh, t- turns into nothing. No, I wouldn't say nothing, but not not what not what was what was hoped for and expected, and it really deprives all of us. And we could we could go off on a big tangent on the length of the season and how many games and resting players and all that, but we can cover that in the, uh, the off season. Yeah, that, that, that'll <laughs> that'll take a few hours to go through. There's so many there's so many levels to to that conversation. We've got time coming up soon enough. Yeah. Of the big the big injuries that seem like they may impact the course of series, I can really only see two. We were talking about this earlier. For me, I think the biggest two are Tony Allen and, and Jan Mahimi. Tony Allen has a strained calf and is probably going to miss the first round versus the Spurs. Yeah, that, that's a that's a pretty big injury. We all know that Tony Allen is a pretty good defender, to say the least. I, I, yeah, he's, he's all right. I think he might be in the conversation for one of the top two uh, all-NBA defensive teams. 
if I'm not mistaken, I think he's in the running for first team all defense this season. So I think losing him is a pretty big loss, especially because he seems to be the best matchup against Kawhi Leonard, which is a halfway decent player, if if you've heard. Maybe. Yeah, I yeah, it might have been, you know, mentioned in one of the other conversations uh, we were just talking and, about. Or yeah, not. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think it's a it's a pretty big loss uh, for Memphis. But I think they were – it was a long shot for them to beat San Antonio in the first place. They're not going to. I mean, they split the series, but I'm pretty sure they were arresting players in at least one of the losses. So Yeah. So <laughs> better luck next year. But if, if Tony Allen is out for the entire round – yeah, he might not be. He might be able to come back towards the end of it, but yeah, I mean, it may be. Too why late. not? What does he have to lose, really? Because the season is probably not going to make it past this round anyway. And even if it does, it's definitely not making it past the next one. Yeah, definitely. But also, Jan Mahimi for the Wizards also out with the strained calf. Yeah, that th- strained calf suck. Yeah, what's what's up with the calves? Not the calves, the cap cap. <laughs> <laughs> It's a weird word to say if you say it over and over again. Anyway, um, that's also a big loss. Well, not a huge loss. I wouldn't say it's a, on a Tony Allen level, but it's a big loss. Anytime you lose. It's going to make it really hard for them to match up in what's going to end up looking more like old school basketball because, I mean, Millsap's going to be back and healthy. Howard is going to be healthy, which really only leaves Washington with one big true big center in uh, Gortat, who is 33. Yeah, 33 years old. I, c- I couldn't believe it. Like, he, he's definitely... I'm not... I, I, he's probably a 33-year-old big man. I'll give him that. Yeah, like, he, he's, he, he's, he's got it going on for a 33-year-old big man. But it's gonna. I mean, like Morris is really the only other other person who can play in the front court, and he, I mean, he's more like a combo, a yeah, combo four. He, but he's only like six seven, eight or seven, yeah, yeah, yeah something like that. So I, I don't know if it's a great matchup. So yeah, I, I would say that Tony Allen and Eon here are um, the two most significant injuries going into the postseason. Everybody else, Chandler Parsons, who's been out for a minute, uh, Austin Rivers. Will obviously have some effect, but I don't think that I don't think that any of these will swing a series in one way or another. Well, it remains to be seen because Rivers is one of the bigger scoring punches for the Clippers second unit. Yeah. But on the other end, Utah, who they're playing, uh one of their backup point guards, Ryle Neto, um, he's he's you know, significantly worse, particularly in terms of turning the ball over. So he doesn't see as many minutes. Um, but he is an important part of their rotation and they don't have a lot of point guard depth. So that could end up being significant depending on who can come back faster. They both look like they're going to miss some of the first. I mean, they're both one's groin, one's hamstring. Neto is the groin and Rivers is hamstring. It's, it's really weird how we have like these kind of matched up uh, injuries going around the league. Not necessarily always in teams that are playing each other, but Ed Davis for Portland and Nurkic are both questionable versus the Warriors for Portland. Um, I mean, Portland is winning that series in six anyway. Oh, of course, if you believe Lillard. Um, I don't. <laughs> I, 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 I said this in the other pod. I, I love the confidence. I really do. I didn't expect him to, I didn't expect him to say, we're going to lose in four games. 
If you had told me at the beginning of the year, uh, I'm a big UConn homer in case people aren't aware. If you told anyone that the last remaining UConn player in the playoffs this year was going to be Shabazz Napier and not Kemba Walker or Andre Drummond, I would not have believed you, but there it is. And with the Warriors, Matt Barnes is out um, for at least some of the first round with an ankle injury. I don't think that's going to be too much of a problem. I think they'll get by just fine without him. I mean, there was, yeah, there was talk that they were even going to waive him at some point, I think, yeah. but that just didn't end up materializing. Uh, no, yeah, I think I think they'll be okay. They have a de- they have a decent team. So for those of you who caught the last pod, you can just fast forward ahead. We're going to go through the matchups um, real quick. Um, I'm going to compare my predictions versus Luis's and you can skip this part. If you've already heard, um, Topher and Luis talk about the first round of matchups. We have golden state warriors versus Portland and I'm giving it to the warriors in six. Yeah. Not Portland. I'm going <laughs> to, as badly <laughs> as I want to go with Portland in six, I think it might be a good series for about two games, but I, I see golden state winning and, Either a sweep or probably five games. Yeah, I, I I don't know about a sweep. I think they have at least a win in them. And Portland, at their best, can beat the Warriors' B game. And I think there's going to be at least one more game towards the end of the series when they're ready to crush them that Portland somehow manages to eke out one more win. But I wouldn't be surprised by a sweep or, or a gentleman sweep either. No, definitely not. And next up we have uh, the Clippers in Utah. If I'm remembering correctly, I think I picked Utah to win this game. I just don't trust the Clippers. I don't. I They're like, if, if we have any NHL fans listening to the pod right now, the Clippers remind me of the Capitals. They're hyped up every year. They're going to get to the to the finals or the conference finals, and then they fizz out in the first or second round every single year. So I'm, I want to go with Utah. I think it'll be a good series, six or seven, probably closer to seven. I have the Clippers in seven, assuming the Clippers can stay healthy. That has been something of a challenge this yeah. season. So. That's the other thing. Yeah. So that, that that's why that also goes in. That also factors into me not trusting them. I don't trust any of them to stay healthy for. It's really it's like it's a coin flip for me for between both of them, and I'm just going to pick star power because this is the last year with the bands all together for sure. Yeah. So I, I expect a little bit of extra effort. Yeah. But it wouldn't surprise me if they lost it either. Yeah, definitely not. Uh, next up, we got Houston and Oklahoma City, which I think most people or some people would would agree is going to be the best series of the first round. Uh, we got two MVP candidates, or the two, two the two front runners for the MVP this season in James Harden and Russell Westbrook. I I gotta go with Houston though. Same. Yeah, I'm gonna give them seven just just out of respect for Russ's season, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if they even swept them. Yeah. Uh, I want to, I want to say that Russell Westbrook wouldn't allow that to happen. Well, here's the thing. If you shut down Russell Westbrook, who's scoring? Nobody else. Yeah. And I kind of feel like that since they don't like to play defense in Houston, they can just play defense on one person and it works out for everybody. Yeah, that is, that's a good point. Yeah. I guess you're right. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, San Antonio and Memphis, I think we kind of foreshadowed this a little bit when we were talking about Tony Allen's injury. I think that injury is just way too much to overcome, and San Antonio probably wins this in five. Yep, agreed. Uh, Cleveland and the Pacers. Yep. I think that'll be a good series. 
I do too. I think it's going to be closer than people think in terms of game by game, but I don't think that Indiana is going to snatch more than one. Yeah, I, I wanted. To, I want to say six going to Cleveland, um, but it's it's hard to say. It's it's really hard to say. It really depends on whether Paul George comes to play or not. If he like this, if he well, not if he's going to have to just totally take over this series, and if he does, I can easily see six. But it's <laughs> he's not idea. enough to to beat an entire team. Or to win the series, I should say. Uh, so you've got Cleveland. I've got Cleveland, too. Uh, Toronto and Milwaukee. I think this is also going to be a good series. Maybe one of the closest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good matchup here. But i got to go with Toronto, probably in six. Or five. I had them in seven. Eh. Toronto in seven. Okay. That works, too. Washington and Atlanta. I'm also looking forward to this series. I think this is like a, a, a sneakily good series. That's, I think Washington takes it pretty easily, but I think they're going to get the crap beaten out of their front court and doing it, which is not going to blow well for them for the second round. I actually think I had Atlanta in this. I could see that. I mean, if Millsap really, really could still put it on the floor, I, I, I would not be surprised. Yeah, if he did, if he does what he did against us in what was a game four of uh, the playoff series against us last season. Where he went off for like thirty something or like forty, I, Atlanta has a good shot at winning that series. I think Bazemore has been been having some, um, I think it was hip or leg issues, knee. I think it was knee issues that seem like they're better, but it's definitely something to watch because he's been out off and on again for the last third of the season. Yeah. All right. And then finally, yeah, finally we have Boston and Chicago. I'll give him two games. Yeah, I I, I say Boston and six. I hate all the talk around this series about how uh, most people wouldn't be surprised if Chicago won the series. Boston is the most likely to get upset in the first round. Blah 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 blah. blah. I, I, it's a fair. It's a fair assessment because if Boston doesn't, if Boston plays down to this team, then they can find themselves in the hole quick. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, we're not just gonna show up to the Garden or to the United Center and say, "Hey, we're the Boston Celtics and win the series." Like they need, they need to play their best because Chicago is a, you know, they're a tough team. They, they're in the eighth seed, but you know, like a lot of people are saying, I don't, it, they don't, they're not really like an eighth seed experience wise. Still have Dwayne Wade. They still have Rondo who can turn it on in the playoffs um, pretty quickly. So we'll see, but I, I think we have Boston for sure. The first game of the series is as when we're recording this tomorrow, Sunday, um, it's a home game, unsurprisingly, with you know home court advantage. Yes, I am particularly excited for this game because I will be there. I hate you. <laughs> I'm taking a <laughs> three and some odd hour drive from New York up to up to the Garden. Oh my God! Please don't kill me for saying that. Uh, to to TD Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, TD Garden. Yeah, so that that's going to be a lot of fun. We just got some tickets a few hours ago, so but I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully the boss, the Celtics can actually win this game. I think you're going to be in for a treat. I hope so. I hope so. I have a pretty bad record of going to see Boston teams play in Boston. I think I'm like 0-4. On to the analysis. Like we said, I, I think Boston will be able to pull this one off. Both teams are pretty well rested. Uh, I saw a tweet uh, that came out the other day, about two days ago, that for the like for what first for the one of the first times all season, all 15 players for the C's practice. Yeah, like that's that's a good sign. 
that's a good sign. That's entertaining, at least. Yeah, at the, yeah, at the very least, we know that everybody's ready to go. May not be 100%, but everybody at least is ready enough to play. As far as recent performance coming into the playoffs, it's very similar. Um, Boston has won the last three in seven of ten. Chicago, the last two in seven of ten. The regular series between them was split two and two, though the losses were very, very close. Except for that one game in Boston. Well, no, no, in terms of the, the losses. The losses, I think one was 105, 299, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the other one, the other one was a bad call. Yep. We'll just leave that there. Yeah. <laughs> I remember <laughs> that. I remember that. Yep. And the, there was that, the, the, the blowout at Boston at home, um, that is closer to what I'm expecting because Todd Gibson has been really big for them until he was traded. And, you know, both, both wins that we had against them were, were home games. So home court advantage is going to be a big deal. The rebounding is going to be a big issue also, even without Todd Gibson. Yeah. I didn't realize that the Celtics had rebounding issues. You, you think? <laughs> Yeah, I think it'll definitely be an issue, uh, as it has been all season long. But the Celtics need to be ready for that. Like, they they just, they do. Whether it's putting Tyler Zeller out there, Jordan Mickey, maybe, who knows? Maybe Brad will try something interesting to see if anybody can pick up some some loose balls. But, yeah, that's something that they're definitely going to have to figure out, especially if they get past this series. Well, their spacing is even worse now. They have... Along with no more Todd Gibson, no more Doogie McBuckets, and he was really their only competent three-point shooter who was, you know, consistent anyway, yeah. apart from Tony Snell, who they also traded away. I feel like Dwayne Wade can knock a three down in the clutch, though. Oh, absolutely. I think we've seen enough evidence that we should not sag off of him too hard anymore. He can sink them. He's Proven to be a lot less consistent than he was at the beginning of the season when he was confusing, you know, the world. Yeah. And you always got to be ready for, like I said earlier in this pod, uh, playoff Rondo or TV Rondo, I should say. (laughs) TNT Rondo. Yeah. What channel is this game on? Is it on TNT or ABC? I think it's TNT. Oh, boy. Uh, Rondo on TNT is... He's, he's a dynamite. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That was horrible. I just realized <laughs> what you said. I need, I'm going to take a shower after. I, I just feel dirty. <laughs> yeah. So you always got to be on the lookout for, for TV Rondo, especially when he's playing on TNT. Uh, he, he can really turn it on. And I wouldn't be surprised if he got a triple double in the first game, especially in Boston. I, like, I don't think anybody in Boston hates him. I feel like a lot of people are going to be cheering for him. Um, Maybe not guarding him the way they should. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I think he'll get a lot of open looks at the basket. It, it's hard to say, but I, I, I think he'll definitely bring bring his A game, especially playing against Boston. I think the series, as as we mentioned, is not going to be too, too complicated, but I do think it's going to be entertaining nonetheless, because TV Rondo, even like even if even if he does bring his A game I think that it's really a matter of how Jimmy Butler plays. Dwayne Wade could be the difference in a game here or there, but I, I really haven't seen enough, you know, apart from that, that early loss 
in the beginning of the season for him to, to be any kind of a significant threat. And I don't see Lopez as any kind of a significant threat. So yeah, I mean, he, at least for Boston fans, it's going to be entertaining. Yeah. But I think, I think we both agree that Boston should be able to pull this one off. It may be a little tough, but I think we'll be able to pull it off. I have, I have confidence in Boston this, in this uh, playoff series. Got a couple minor issues to attend to. Abdul Nader won the D League Rookie of the Year. Yeah, that's a big deal. He, um, his stat line for stat lovers out there: twenty one, twenty one point three points, six point two rebounds, and three point nine assists per game. That's a pretty good stat line. I would, I would love to see that in in Boston. Well, it's important to remember after this summer, we're getting two shiny new roster spots. Yeah along with everyone else in the league, but still, we need them very badly. Yeah, definitely. So I, I see him being one of the two D-League uh, two-way contract guys. I could be wrong. He might outperform that and actually find his way at the, you know, to the 15th spot on the actual roster with Zizic and Yabusele coming. I think it's going to be difficult to squeeze him in, particularly with the – the four potential picks, assuming we keep the Nets pick coming in also. I don't expect all the second-round guys to stick, but I, I think that probably at least one of them will be, and we're losing most likely two to three guys, depending on what kind of summer plans we have. Yeah. But I'm expecting I'm expecting to see Nader playing for the Celtics next year. Yeah, you got to like those rebounding numbers for sure, too. For three, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like you said, Yabuselli. Red Claws are actually in the D-League playoffs right now, if anybody's interested in that. I think you can stream the games. Not sure about that. But he had 26 points in Game 3 of their playoff series. He's been a a force since he went up sideways to Maine. Slightly, slightly up, I would say. It's not a huge step up, but instead of having like one or two fringe NBA guys, they have two or three on each roster. Yeah. But it's, it, I mean, he's a big body like, and he can, he moves so well. It's, I, I understand the, the Draymond Green comparisons. I don't want to say that he is like him. Don't, don't, don't get carried away. But like the body, the body makeup is very, very similar, at least with a, with an eye test. And yeah, I think that's just about it for the, other issues we needed to attend to. Um, anything that you're working on or want to talk about uh, coming up? Um, no, I'm just excited to head down to Boston. Well, head up to Boston tomorrow. I'm, I think that counts as something to be excited about. Yeah, I'm slightly excited. I'm going to try to tweet up a storm during the game, even though obviously everybody's going to be watching it on TV, but still. I will be turning back to NBA draft-oriented stuff fairly soon keep an eye out for that and at the top of the website as all of you know we have a huge variety of shirts and hoodies you can get tickets to join lewis under (laughs) the heading tickets i don't know if you can remember that it's kind of hard um you can find the pod on itunes stitcher blog talk radio soundcloud and mixcloud subscribe so you never miss our sonorous voices (laughs) If you like what you hear, please rate us five stars. It really will help other people get in touch with the podcast that moves us up in the iTunes ratings so people can actually see the podcast. 
If you don't like something anywhere on the website, on Twitter, you can use the Celtics Life pod as a hashtag. You can put something in the comments of a podcast article or non-podcast article. Somebody will see it and let us know. Any kind of suggestions, anything you want to hear, any topics you want covered, just let us know. We want to bring you what you want to hear the way you like it. And that's all I have. Do you have anything else you want to say? No, that's it. Uh, Go Celtics. Absolutely. We will touch base um, in the middle of the week. Normally, we do like a deep dive onto a single issue topic for the midweek podcast. But with the playoffs coming, we're just going to keep it focused on the playoffs. So, yeah, we'll we'll be talking to you in a couple of days with some uh, reviews, some recaps, and a look ahead to when we're crushing the Bulls. So, (laughs) talk to you then. See you later, Lewis. Later, guys.